Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Steffen. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Buckler. Today, we are going to talk about the cybersecurity talent shortage, but we're going to take a little bit of a different twist on it. As you've probably read in the news lately, there are plenty of companies that are looking to kind of end their remote working experiment and have people return to the office. Amazon came out this week and basically kind of issued their ultimatum. You're seeing a lot of these other big tech companies kind of doing the same thing. A lot of financial services companies obviously are interested in getting people back in the office. And I'm not going to really wade into the politics of that decision, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea based on the politics. I, I definitely have an opinion on it, but we'll leave that aside. My focus today, I really want to talk about what it means from a technology initiative perspective. And we all understand that there is a talent shortage in the security space. Is that really going to have an impact? And what what are the outcomes of that particular endeavor going to cause? So a little bit wordy there. I, I know that is a bit more of a preamble than I usually give, but if you're looking for the latest coverage on the end of remote work and so on and so forth, go check out your Wall Street Journal or New York Times or turn on Fox or CNN. They, they're all running stories about it. I don't need to take and get into that part of it, but I am interested in the impacts that it's going to have on especially the, the, the enterprise, regardless of the size, you know, small, medium, large, it doesn't really matter. I'm really interested in talking about those impacts from a technology perspective. So let's start there. Ken, the first question that I have for you that I'd like to talk about is, do we believe that the working remote experiment, if that's what you want to call it, was that a positive thing for the cybersecurity industry? Well, I, I want to say yes, and uh, but but not necessarily for for the reasons that some people might think. I think it was a positive for the cybersecurity industry, not because of reduced attack footprint. That actually had increased your attack footprint for most organizations, but it really forced a lot of organizations to reevaluate some of their security practices where they had been already focused on the traditional castle defense model. And what they really found was, oh, hey, we really need to adopt new technologies beyond this castle defense model because regardless of whether full-time working or remote or, or hybrid or whatever, we already have employees that are out there working remotely, whether that's from their phone, whether that's at conferences, what have you, and we still need to defend them. Let's adopt the technology we need to defend these 
uh, employees and do it the right way instead of this patchwork of technologies that a lot of companies have adopted in the past. I think that's really important that the forced adoption of those technologies improve the, the security overall. There's no question about that. And I, I guess I want to talk specifically, that technological aspect I think is absolutely true. I want to talk more about, did you hire you, the hypothetical you, did you hire somebody because all of a sudden we have democratized the spend that we have or the ability to get somebody remotely? Let, let's Again, let's hypothetically say that you were looking for some cybersecurity talent. And if you didn't live in Silicon Valley, the reality is that getting that talent was was difficult at best, maybe not even possible, depending on exactly what you were looking for. And then because of where that talent was located, you were paying six figures, sometimes you know multiple six figures in order to get that person to come on board. When you had remote work, then you could take in, and, it, and I call it democratize, I don't know what else to call it. You basically had the entire width and breadth of the universe to take and pull from, even other countries for that matter. And now all of a sudden you had the ability to take and find people and hire people and gain those resources in ways that you never did before. Now, are you turning around as an organization and saying, Haha, just kidding, we really appreciate that you came on. We really appreciate the fact that when we told you that we were hiring you, that you were going to work remotely, but things have changed. Our company policies have changed. Our direction has changed, which again, very common in a company. I'm not saying that's good or bad or other, but now it's time for you to either come to the office or look for a different opportunity. And so when I start thinking about remote working and the remote working challenges, I think about the technical aspects, but I also am concentrating specifically on, we've made some real headways taking and solving some of those problems with diversifying our resource allotment, if that's how you want to phrase it. And now all of a sudden we're kind of shifting backwards so that that is no longer a possibility. Well, and, you know, let me give you a great example of, of an organization that I used to work with. I'm not going to name the organization, but I will tell you that they were in uh, the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia. All right. And, and for anybody that, that knows that area, there is literally nothing there. Um, so it's very difficult to find cybersecurity talent in that area. And a, as a result of that, the organization actually had some contracts where they were bringing people on board remotely to, to do their uh, cyber threat intelligence. And that was working very well for them. They had some of the top talent uh, across the U.S. working for them there. And then somebody decided, and this was b before the pandemic, by the way, somebody decided, yeah, I really want those people in the office. I, w I want them to come to, to, to the West Virginia office. And, you know, regardless of whether they offered relocation expenses or not, and I don't think they did, um, these talent were located all across the U.S., but they were actually in, in a lot of major cities like New York, Washington, D.C., and Northern Virginia. And the, they, they told them, you know, hey, we, we've decided for this contract renewal, we want you to come into the office in West Virginia. And 
as a result, they lost 90% of their workforce that was doing the cyber threat intelligence. And the organization absolutely suffered by that, from that. So, you know, I, I would say that you have to be very careful of all of a sudden just forcing employees to come into the office because if you've got competitors that are offering, you know, comparable benefits and, you know, yeah, you can work remotely, they're going to jump to those competitors and you're going to lose your top talent. And I'm seeing that too, right? I'm seeing, you know, even, I'm obviously not really job searching, but it doesn't matter. I mean, just organically, just with the research that I do every day, you see companies looking for talent to do this, that, and the other thing. And, and some of them have the promise that, well, this is going to be a, a full-time remote position. Though I, I also know from behind the scenes talking with them that they have really no plans on keeping their positions remote. They already have a back-to-the-office initiative going on. So even as they are taking and searching for this talent, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth by basically saying, well... We, we're saying that this is going to be remote, but six months from now, we know that it's not going to be remote anymore. So then as a cybersecurity professional, is that something that you should really be doing? I, the only thing that I can tell you, and I've heard this over and over again, again, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an employment expert, but make certain that in this day and age, if if working remote is important to you, that you're getting something in writing saying that this job will be remote and this job will be remote indefinitely and blah, 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 so on and so forth. I, I don't, again, I, I'm not an employment lawyer. I don't claim to be, I don't know how to get that into a, a an employment agreement contract, whatever have you. And, and if they're not willing to stipulate that, maybe it's time to look somewhere else too, because you are far more in demand than maybe they think that you are in the grand scheme. But I find that whole concept very, very interesting. Never mind the conversation that we were just having about some of these companies were able to make massive gains in their overall security, their security infrastructure, their security strategy, their security maturity. And now because of their return to the office mandate, they are almost indefinitely going to take and lose some of that talent. I don't know percentage. I understand what percentage you were just mentioning, Ken, but Sometimes it might be as much as 90%. Sometimes it might be as much as 50%. Sometimes maybe it's only a quarter, right? I don't know. And and I think it's going to vary no matter what you're talking about anyway. But the point being, is it worth it to take and have that back to the office mentality, that mandate, understanding that you are going to lose some of that talent? Or as a business, do you not care about that? Do you care about the mandate? And I know what that answer is, but I'm kind of interested in what your thoughts are there too. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, from, from a co- just a cost perspective, it's expensive to replace people because you're, you're going to spend probably six months to a year training a replacement for somebody that leaves the organization. And in that time, not only are you going to be spending money on training that person, but you're also going to have to worry about, well, you know, the the security of my network is reduced. And, you know, before the podcast, you and I actually talked a little bit about uh, uptick in ransomware attacks that that, are starting to see in the news. And maybe that's why. Maybe it's because organizations are starting to adopt this, hey, you need to return to the office. And the, the employees say, well, I'll see you later then. So, so maybe that's something that organizations need to look at is, are these policies then resulting in increased cyber attacks that are being successful? Yeah, we're not done talking about this in general as a community, as you know, a country, as a world. 
I think that there is always going to be some level of remote work. I don't think that we're ever going to completely close that Pandora's box. I think that that's something that's going to happen. I, you mentioned at the beginning, some of the benefits of, of working remote is, uh, you know, adopting better security standards and so on and so forth. I saw that too, right? I see that companies were finally looking at antiquated VPNs that they had had for 20 years and finally replacing them with some kind of software-defined perimeter solution, some microseg solution that was finally a real security solution compared to, you know, the, again, very antiquated VPN solution that hadn't changed in, in decades. I think that's positive as well. I also firmly believe of some of the the detriments that come from returning to the office. I'm not going to speak to some of the positives that you get from collaboration. I, I'm obviously an extroverted person. I want to be able to talk with people. I love doing that kind of stuff. But I can also tell you that I don't know if there's a benefit that outweighs some of the talent that you get from having people work remotely or maybe even a gig economy or whatever have you. So, but I don't know that answer. We're going to find that answer out over time. Unfortunately, we're going to find out the hard way. And um, in the meantime, I, like Ken mentioned, I think that we're going to see an increase of some cybersecurity issues, mainly because that talent that did exist there before is going to be located elsewhere. So anyway, I think that we kind of exhausted that. I, I'd love to take and, and dig into that more. If you have thoughts on that topic, again, feel free to reach out to Ken or I. I am very interested in it. I'll probably write something on it here in the relatively near future because there is such a a plethora of discussions around return to office and why return to office is, is so important. And I don't think that we always look at the bigger picture about what some of those decisions are going to mean from a technological point of view down the road. So uh, with that, I think that we're going to call it good for today. Ken, any last words? You know, I just... You know, definitely keep in mind how much demand cybersecurity talent is right now when you consider these return to office requirements. Yeah, and don't underestimate your talent is, is also another important thing. If you're listening to this podcast, you're likely a fellow nerd, and I promise you that your talent and your skill set is in demand. It may take you more than a week or a month to find a new job, but keep in mind, don't settle for having to return to rural West Virginia for a job because there are other things out there that are likely a better fit, not only for your skill set, but for your lifestyle as well. With that, we'll call it good. I appreciate you listening to the podcast today and look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.